It's the old radio comedy podcast. It's episode 110 of season 2 and time for another classic comedy radio show from the golden age of radio. I hope everyone had a very Merry Christmas with their families and their friends. And it's hard to believe that it's already over and that we're already heading into the final week of the year. It's also hard to believe that Season 2 of the podcast is almost over. On this, our next-to-last episode of Season 2, we bring you The Magnificent Montague, starring Monty Woolley as the former Shakespearean actor with a giant ego, who has shamed himself by taking a job as a radio actor, which he considers basically selling his soul to the devil. The show ran from November 1950 to September 1951. Sit back and relax for the February 23, 1951 broadcast of the Magnificent Montague. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Magnificent Montague, starring Monty Woolley. Yes, it's the Magnificent Montague, the Saturday night transcribed feature on NBC's all-star festival of comedy, music, mystery, and drama. Brought to you by Anison, for fast relief from pain of headache, neuritis, and neuralgia. By RCA Victor, world leader in radio, first in recorded music, and first in television. And by Chesterfield, always milder, better tasting, cooler smoking, plus no unpleasant aftertaste. Before we hear from the Magnificent Montague... Let's hear from Anison. If you suffer from pains of headaches, neuritis, and neuralgia, you should discover what many thousands have known for years, that Anison brings incredibly fast, effective relief. Anison is like a doctor's prescription. That is, Anison contains not just one, but a combination of medically proven active ingredients in easy-to-take tablet form. Probably at some time you've received an envelope containing Anison tablets from your physician or dentist. Thousands of people have been introduced to Anison this way. Try Anison yourself the next time you suffer from the pains of a headache, neuritis, or neuralgia. You'll be delighted at how quickly relief can come. Anison is spelled A-N-A-C-I-N. Your druggist has Anison in handy boxes of 12 and 30 tablets and economical family-sized bottles of 50 and 100 for your medicine cabinet. Ask for Anison today. And now... The Magnificent Montague. Life goes on in the Montague household. Edwin, the Magnificent Montague of Shakespearean stage fame, today, thanks to his great shame of having to make a living in radio as Uncle Goodhart, is just a shadow of his former self. And it's the loudest shadow you'll ever hear. 
It is morning. Lily, his wife, is just getting up. Agnes, the Montague maid, is singing as she sets the breakfast table. Oh, I was meant to wander and I was meant to roam. But Mr. and Mrs. Montague never makes me feel at home. Oh, I was meant to wander and I... Hold it, honey. If I stop now, I'll never get the right key again. <laughs> What's eating you, honey? Edwin will be up soon. You better close the window. Okay. Heaven forbid he should get a little fresh air in his lungs and come down with fresh air poisoning. <laughs> there. Now it's the way he likes it. No air. He must have been raised in a subway station. Agnes, you know Edwin and his fantastic ideas. He thinks sunshine and fresh air are unhealthy. But you got to have a little air in this apartment just to circulate the dirt. <laughs> I'm tired of kicking it around myself. Oh, Agnes, be serious. I'm a little worried about Edwin. He hasn't been looking well for the past few days. His face is pale. Have you noticed it? No, I haven't looked in his beard lately. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm worried. I haven't told Edwin, but I'm having Dr. Henshaw come by and look at him this morning. I also called the radio station to be prepared in case he can't do his Uncle Goodhart program. I hate to say it, but it'll be all right. Say, talking about looks, notice anything different about me this morning? Hmm? Different? My hair, my hair. Oh, Agnes, it is different. You went to the beauty parlor yesterday. Yeah, I went down there with my club, the unattached girls of East 37th Street. <laughs> Where do you go? It's a little beauty saloon on 2nd Avenue. <laughs> They're wonderful. It's called Pierre and Maurice's. Pierre and Maurice's? Yeah, but with my luck, I always get Irving. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see. Looks something like a feather cut, but I, I think he took off a little too much. I had the same feeling when on the way home a guy whistled at me. Oh, that's good. I thought so, too, until he came up to me and said, Hey, mister, how about a dime for a cup of coffee? <laughs> Miss dear, no matter how you wear your hair, you still look wonderful. You know, honey, on top of being a wonderful actress and a wonderful woman, you're a wonderful liar. <laughs> oh, Agnes. Oh, I certainly hope Edwin feels better this morning. Someone's looking for you, Chloe. <laughs> Get the table ready. Good morning, Liv. Well, good morning, Edwin. You feel all right. Of course I do. Your face looks a little drawn. And I'd hate to be the one who drew it. <laughs> oh, Lily, have we melon for breakfast, or is that Agnes's head? <laughs> Please, Edwin, I'm worried. I don't like the way you look. After 25 years, this is a fine time to notice it. Hey, <laughs> stop badgering him. Get the thermometer. Coming up. Now, Lily, let's not start that again. One cough, you come Florence Nightingale. Edwin, you look flushed, and you tossed and turned all night. Well, it was probably Agnes's cooking. That tongue she served last night. Ooh, I can still hear it. <laughs> Let's not go through the usual routine. First, you fight and rant about not being sick. And then when you realize you are sick, you get frightened and refuse to get out of bed. Oh, nonsense. I never felt better in my, <coughs> in my life. Here's the thermometer. Oh, thank you. Now, Edwin, open your mouth. Has it ever been closed? Agnes, <laughs> Edwin, open your mouth. Oh, all right. This is silly. Now, hold it under your tongue and keep your mouth closed. Mm. That's right. Gee, it's nice and quiet. We should do this more often. 
<laughs> you don't Edwin, stop. keep your mouth closed. Mm. Just a little longer, Edwin. And I'll take out the thermometer. How are you ever going to find it again in that beard? <laughs> it's like a needle in a haystack. Quiet, Edwin. Yeah, quiet, Edwin. Oh, this is fun. <laughs> That's enough, Agnes. All right, Edwin, you can open your mouth. Agnes, one more crack out of you. The tunnel is open for traffic again. <laughs> Billy, call up one of the elevator boys. It's time to walk, Agnes. Edwin, quiet. Look at the thermometer. You're not normal. Was there ever a question? <laughs> Agnes, be quiet. He has 101 temperature. His eyes are red. Now, wait, if everyone will stop treating this sniffle like an epidemic. Edwin, there's no sense in taking chances when you... Oh, uh, Agnes, will you get the door? Okay. That's Dr. Henshaw. Dr. Henshaw, that butcher, Lily, give me a fighting chance. Edwin, don't you dare start with him again. Come in, Doc. Oh, hello, Agnes. Well, quack, quack, quack if it isn't Dr. Henshaw. <laughs> Doctor. Lily, why do you do this to me? There are thousands of doctors in New York who haven't had nervous breakdowns from him yet. Give them a chance. <laughs> Dr. Edwin isn't well. Lily, call someone else. Now, Edwin, admit it. Dr. Henshaw's always fixed you up. Yes, I have to give him credit. Doctors with licenses couldn't do better. <laughs> Edwin, now, Dr. Henshaw's been our doctor for 20 years. He's one of the most famous diagnosticians in New York. Oh, he's famous. You know, they don't let him operate anymore. He keeps sewing himself to the patient. <laughs> now, listen, Montague. Every time I treat you, you're up and out of bed in a week. I spend the next two months in a sanitarium. Will you kindly shut up and let me examine your miserable carcass? Edwin, be quiet and let the doctor examine oh, you. Oh, very well. Why we allow this animal vet to be our family doctor? Edwin. Let me see your tongue. Shall I say ah or bow wow like the rest of your patients? <laughs> For heaven's sakes, will you ask him to stick out his tongue? Please hold me back. I may be tempted to tear it out. All right, all right, young Dr. Malone, here. Ah. Get that tongue. I've seen shorter ski slides. <laughs> Agnes? Now, Edwin, relax. Unbutton his shirt. I'll get my stethoscope. Oh, Lily, this is silly. Unbutton your shirt. There. Well, now, here we are. Put these in my ears. I'll just put this end on your chest. There. Ooh, don't you ever warm those things up. Quiet, I want to listen to your heart. You'll have to find one first. All right, Agnes, back to your slop tail. Edwin, be quiet. Now I'll look into this ear. Hey, Doc, I'll look into his other ear at the same time we'll wink at each other. Can't you give me some anti-Agnes injections? Montague, you have to get right to bed. Bed? I have a radio broadcast this afternoon. Edwin, get to bed. Doctor. Am I really sick? No, Montague, let's not start getting panicky like you always do. Oh, well, Doctor, don't be afraid to... Into the bedroom, Edwin. Lily, don't go away. Montague, don't fall apart on me now. I want to finish examining you. Uh, wait outside, Lily. Lily! I'll be right outside the door. Be brave, Edwin. How is he, honey? Oh, I don't know, Agnes. Edwin is so rarely sick that when he does get something, he just goes to pieces. He looked pretty bad, even for him. Oh, please, Agnes, don't kid. Might be serious. I'm sorry, honey. Whatever it is, I'm sure he'll be over it in a hurry. What germ could stand being around him very long? <laughs> Agnes, 
Miss, if I didn't know, you were just as worried as I am about him. Don't bet on it. Shh. Here comes the doctor. Doctor, how is he? Has he got anything? Yes. Doctor? Yes. Doctor, what is it? He, Lily, he has... He, the magnificent Montague has the measles. The measles? The measles? That's for kids. Nevertheless, he's got them. But, Doctor, is it serious? Oh, it'll be over in a few days. Here are some uh, prescriptions oh, for him. have filled. Yeah, he's asking for you. I'll drop by this afternoon. Goodbye, Lily. Goodbye, Doctor. Bonding you has the measles. <laughs> the measles? He's sure heading for second childhood fast. Agnes. Before you know it, after every meal, we'll have to burp him. <laughs> now, please, let's go into the bedroom and see him. Yeah, I don't want to miss his usual deathbed scene. Edwin. Helen, is it you? Yes, Edwin. Come closer to the bed so I can see you. Oh, come now, Edwin. Dr. Henshaw just said it was the measles. What does that butcher know? Lily, hold my hand. Now, Edwin, the doctor says you'll be over it in a few days. (laughs) Lily, he can't fool me. It's the final curtain. <coughs> oh, Edwin, this is silly. Silly? <coughs> Where is dear Agnes? I want to forgive her. <coughs> Agnes, where are you? Right at your side, Camille. <laughs> oh, is that you, Agnes? I thought it was the Grim Reaper. <laughs> now you see how sick he is. Edwin, it's only the measles, and you'll stay in bed a few days. Now, I'll brighten up the room for you. You won't have to. By tomorrow, he'll break out in a rash and brighten it up himself. He'll be a rapid in polka dot. Agnes, leave him alone. Lily, no. Let her go on. If I have to go, let me go the way I lived, with Agnes hounding me. Alas, poor Montague, I knew him well. Oh, Lily, in pity's name, will you remove this ghoul from my bedroom? Agnes, please go into the kitchen. Now, Edwin, Agnes will make you a nice breakfast. Oh, no, Lily, not Agnes's food now. What's the matter? Am I not going fast enough for you? <laughs> Please, Edwin. She'll make you a nice beef broth. Uh, oh, Agnes, see who's at the door. Okay, honey. Lily, Lily, I've tried to be a good husband to you. Oh, still young and pretty. You'll find somebody. Edwin, you're being ridiculous. You only have the measles. That's what that quack said. How could I have caught measles? I haven't been anywhere but this apartment, the radio station. The last time I was near a child was the day I got out of grammar school. Can't be measles. Lily. Lily, it's getting dark. Oh, Edwin, you're impossible. It's Mr. Springer and Mr. Zinzer from the radio station. Show them in. This way, boys. He may not recognize you. He's sinking fast. Excellent. Uh, come in, gentlemen. Well, 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 how's the patient? He looks fine, doesn't he, Zinzer? Yeah, three boys. <laughs> <laughs> Full of vim, bigger than the old pepperoni. <laughs> 
Boys, boys, it's just a brave front that masks a shattered body out of bed of pain. What is it you've got? Uh, Tony, Never the... mind, Agnes. Hey, now that you mention it, he does look a little blotchy, doesn't he, Zinza? Yeah, he looks blotchy, all right. <laughs> Thank you, boys. It looks like the liver to me. Now, I'll tell you what you do. Mr. Springer, the doctor's been here. Ha! Doctors. Gee, Mr. Montague, didn't the doctor tell you what you've got? I know what I've got. I just want to find out where I got it. Poor Uncle Goodhart. Nothing gets you down like being sick, I always say. Oh, thank you. Uh, thank you, Zinza. Thank you. At least somebody around here has a little sympathy for me. Uh, I can sympathize with you, all right, all righty. My house is like a hospital. Really, Zinza? Yeah, I've been working like a dog, getting meals, marketing. My wife has it. My ten kids have it. Have what? The measles. <laughs> the measles? Hey, Zinza, you moron, you idiot. You were hanging around me all week coming directly from a measle-infested house. I got the measles from you. But, Mr. Montague, I haven't got the measles. I know, but you're a carrier. I am? You are. How about that? <laughs> Zinza, if I ever recover, we're going to have a party. I'd like to use your head. We're having a taffy pull. Well, Mr. Montague, if you have the measles, you can't broadcast your program this afternoon. Springer, I'm at death's door. I know, I know. But missing your Uncle Goodhart broadcast, that's serious. Lily, listen to them, boys. Doesn't my imminent departure mean anything to you? You're going somewhere, Mr. Montague? <laughs> Quiet, Zinza! Gentlemen, he has the measles. He can't do his broadcast today. Since do you hear that? He can't do the broadcast. Ten million listeners are waiting to hear Uncle Goodhart, and he won't be there. Since <laughs> why are you laughing? Laughing? It's just hysteria. Wait till the sponsor finds out. He'll go nuts. Your pop is top. Boys, there's nothing to be done. Oh, but we have to do something on the program. We just can't have 15 minutes of silence. Why not? It may get us an award. <laughs> men are in a spot. Now, we must try and help. Say, honey. What is it, Agnes? Why don't you go on the air for him? Me? Oh. That's it. I'll buy that. That's Pichurino. Now, wait a minute. Lily, I... <laughs> Lily and radio, I forbid it. But, Mr. Montague, it keeps it in the family. The brave little wife carrying on for her poor stricken mate. It's so romantic. My wife? <laughs> My wife, Lily Boehm, in radio, never. Well, Edwin, if it'll help out. No, Lily. Bad enough that I had to sink from the Shakespearean stage to the depth of the radio when I think of you being contaminated. No, I'm afraid. But she'll be great. That's what he's afraid of. Uh, Lily, it will ruin you. You don't know anything about radio. You sound terrible. But, Edwin, when you first went on the air, you didn't know anything about it. And you sounded wonderful. Naturally. But, Lily, I have talent. That does it. Gentlemen, to the radio station. Let's go. We have much time. Lily, you're deserting your sick husband by hours are numbered. Agnes will take care of you. Aye, now my minutes are numbered. <laughs> Agnes, I'll be back right after the broadcast. Now rest, and you'll be ready to do your broadcast tomorrow. Hurry, we've got to get to the station. Here's your coat, honey. We have to get to the subway. Subway? We better take a cab. A taxi cab? Whoopee! Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye, Agnes. Good luck, honey. Wait, Lily. Let me look at you for the last time before you are ruined by radio. Goodbye. Hurry! 
Goodbye, Mrs. Montague. Goodbye, Mr. Montague. Ta-ta. Well, Mr. Montague, here we are alone together at last. Make one wrong move toward me and I'll scream. Please, Agnes, I'm sick enough. My lily, gone. Lost in the quicksand of NBC. Say, I'll bring the radio from my room in here and we can listen to her. Very well, poor lily. This will break her heart. It's breaking yours. Yes, Agnes, my heart is broken. Lily, my wife, and leading lady, my Ophelia, my Juliet, my Portia, is now anti-good-heart. Oh, no! We'll be back with a magnificent Montague in just a moment. But first, Hugo Winterhalder and his orchestra for RCA Victor. steps into the RCA Victor spotlight with this new release, Blow, Blow, Winds of the Sea. The folk tune flavor of his latest hit is reminiscent of Hugo's best-selling Wide Missouri. And the flip side is a slow-tempo ballad, Make Believe Land. One record, two hits. Now available at record dealers everywhere. Ask for Blow, Blow, Winds of the Sea and Make Believe Land. Hugo Winterhaller's newest recording for RCA Victor. And now, the magnificent Montague. As he lies home on his bed of pain, his wife, Lily, carries on in his place on the Uncle Goodhart program. Shh, the program has started. Dear listeners, There is sadness in Uncle Goodhart's little cottage on the sunny side of the lane. Uncle Goodhart is sick, and like the sweet, kindly soul that she is, Uncle Goodhart's wife, Auntie Goodhart, is going to carry on for our dear uncle. And here she is, brave, gallant little Auntie Goodhart. Oh, dear listeners, this is Auntie Goodhart trying, in my own small way, to give you that precious guidance and homey philosophy that only my husband, Uncle Goodhart, can give. In looking through Uncle's mailbag with a silver lining, I find a letter from a man complaining about his mother-in-law. It is signed, Suicide Sam. <laughs> in answer, I can only say we must be tolerant. In the words of Portia, in Shakespeare's Merchant of Venice... The quality of mercy is not strained. It droppeth as the gentle rain from heaven upon the place beneath. It is twice blessed. It blesseth him that gives and him that takes. Tis mightiest in the mightiest. It becomes the throned monarch better than his crown. His scepter shows the force of temporal power. Ah! 
Agnes, Agnes. What is it? Is Lily home yet? Not yet. Wasn't she great? Great. Oh, great. Oh, Agnes, what a disastrous broadcast. She mutilated our beloved Shakespeare from coast to coast. Are you kidding? Please, Agnes, it'll take me months to get my listeners back. I can practically hear their ten million dials switching over to just plain Bill. <laughs> well, I warned her. There she is. Edwin, Edwin, where are you? Where am I, she asks. I'm in left field for the Dodger. <laughs> where am I? Where am I, she asks. Still in bed, Edwin? Did you hear the program? Yes, Lily, I heard it. All of it? To the bitter end, and I was probably the only listener left who did. Well, what did you think of it? Lily, radio is not for you. You just didn't have it. Oh, don't listen to him. You are wonderful. Agnes, you're no judge. If Lily even hiccups, you think it's the NBC symphony. <laughs> well, I tried, Edwin. Lily, it takes a personality to be a success on the afternoon program, and the housewives are listening. Now, I have a, a certain something. Yeah, a big, loud mouth. <laughs> Agnes, Edwin's a big radio star. And you know why. He's got the only voice in radio that housewives can hear over the roar of a vacuum cleaner. All right, Agnes, back under your rock. <laughs> Funny, I, I thought I did pretty well. Agnes, someone's at the door. I'll get it. Well, Lily, you had had your fling at radio, and you found it's not for you. Don't feel badly, dear. Chalk it up to experience. Oh, yes, Agnes? It's Springer and Zinzer. Gentlemen? Mrs. Montague, it was magnificent. It was ginger peachy. <laughs> Telephone calls are still pouring in with congratulations. You're the new Ma Perkins. You're great. <laughs> hello, gentlemen. Oh, hello, Montague. Hi. Mrs. Montague, here's what we're planning for you for tomorrow's broadcast. More Shakespeare. The sponsor says Shakespeare sells soap. Gentlemen, I'll do the broadcast tomorrow. Strangely enough, I suddenly feel perfectly healthy. You look terrible. Stay in bed. Mrs. Montague, we got your script already. Just keep doing what you did. What a discovery. Now listen, you two. Montague, will you be quiet? Down, boy, down. <laughs> now, about tomorrow. What? Stop this foolishness. Foolishness? Yes, Edwin. delay foolishness. Don't let them turn your head. I won't, Edwin. And thank you for telling me how bad I was. It seems ten million people didn't think so. I failedy. Thy name is woman. Lily, you have fallen into the trap. You are lost. I think I've just found myself, Edwin. For the first time, I did something on my own, and I was a success. The least you could have done was to thank me for helping you out. But, Lily, you in radio... Stop acting like a baby. I happen to like radio, and I'm ready, willing, and able to carry on the Uncle Goodhart program as long as they need me. So that's it. Answer the door, Agnes! Okay, but don't start the next round while I get back. What a crutch... <laughs> Edwin, don't start up. You're a sick man. Sick? <laughs> My dear Auntie Goodhart, your career in radio is over. Gentlemen, Uncle Goodhart is well. Uncle Goodhart resumes his rightful place at the air microphone tomorrow. Edwin, don't get up. Here's Dr. Henshaw. Montague, get back into that bed. But I'm perfectly well. Get back into bed and don't you dare let me catch you out of that bed for two more weeks. Two weeks? It's a plot. I see it all. Two weeks? In two weeks, Auntie Goodhart will be a household word. You can say that again. Lily. <laughs> Lily, don't do it. But, Edwin, I'm just doing it for you. For me, she says. Oh, don't be ridiculous. <laughs> Edwin, you're jealous. Jealous? <laughs> I, the magnificent Montague, jealous of you, Lily. 
I taught you everything you know about acting. Yes, Edwin. And the most important thing I learned from you was never stop when you're going good. And as Andy Goodhart, I'm plenty good. I, villainy, villainy, I have built a female Frankenstein in my own home. And you said I was no good. I'm going to be Andy Goodhart for the next two weeks. I'm going to enjoy every minute of it. Here's tomorrow's script, Mrs. Montague. You'll be terrific. I can't wait. Aye, treachery, treachery. Lily, you won't. I will. Now, please, Edwin. I have a headache. Let me look at my script. No, now, wait, uh, Lily. What is it, Doctor? Let me look at you. You're flushed. Well, it's just the excitement. Uh Oh, Lily, get right into bed. Bed? What's wrong, Doctor? She has the measles. The measles? No, no, not poor Ed Goodhart. <laughs> Edwin, you're impossible. Quiet, quiet. Now, everybody out, out, out. Neither of them can leave this house for the next two weeks. Two weeks? <laughs> but the program, we have no Uncle Goodhart. And we have no Andy Goodhart. Gentlemen, give me that script. Agnes. Where are you going? Starting tomorrow, five times a week, listen to your new radio favorite, Cousin Agnes. Oh, no! <laughs> That was the episode Measles from the Magnificent Montague. Be sure to tune in this Friday, December 31st, for our New Year's Eve special, and also the final episode of Season 2 of the podcast. Season 3 will begin on Monday, January 10th. Also in Season 3, we'll be making a slight change to the podcast. There will still be two shows a week on Mondays and Fridays, per usual, but the Friday episodes will now feature two old radio comedy shows instead of one. So a half-hour show as usual on Mondays, and an hour show every Friday. I hope you'll enjoy the change for Season 3. Everyone have a great week, and as always, thanks for listening. I'm Greg Fordyce. Mm